Hello, and welcome to Las Doctoras podcast, bringing you conversations about race, gender, sexuality, reproductive justice, and so much more. I am Dr. Renee Limas, gender pronouns she, her. I am Dr. Christina Rose, gender pronouns she, her, hers. In this podcast, we are going to share space with women and other people of color to discuss ways to dismantle all systems of oppression, including white supremacist, capitalistic, cis-heteronormative patriarchy. We imagine ourselves sitting at the table in our abuelita's house, sharing a pot of frijoles de la olla and chasing that with a shot of tequila, all while thinking up revolutionary ideas. That's the sentiment we hope to bring you, and we invite you to join us on this journey. Bienvenidos. Hello, and welcome to the 12th episode of the Las Doctoras podcast. Uh, we had we recently had the honor of talking with several members of Chicana Motherwork. So for those not familiar with their work, um, they're a group of Chicana mamas, academics, scholars, writers, activists. And I actually remember first coming across their work several years ago in the form of their podcast. And I immediately in listening to their podcast felt so validated by their stories and their conversations. Um, and here we are now in 2019, and they recently published an anthology titled Chicana Mother Work. And so I want to just read the description um, of the book um, per Amazon. It says the Chicana Mother Work anthology weaves together emerging scholarship and testimonials by and about self-identified Chicana and women of color mother scholars, activists, and allies who center mothering as transformative labor through an intersectional lens. Contributors provide narratives that make feminized labor visible and that prioritize collective action and holistic healing for mother scholars of color, their children, and their communities within and outside academia. So this is a very powerful collection of essays, of stories, um, both from the perspective of Chicana moms, but also people who have been mothered by Chicana mothers. Um, Christine and I attended an event recently at um, Cal State Dominguez Hills, and we were able to witness several of these contributors um, reading their um their contributions to this book, reading their stories, sharing their stories. And it was very powerful. And it convinced me that this book, this anthology is truly a seminal collection of essays. Um, I think it's going to be timeless. And I think it's going to be um, sort of very important within, you know, within the field of Chicana studies, within the field of ethnic studies, within the field of even reproductive justice studies. So I think it's going to be a really, really important um, piece of work. And at that event, we were actually really happy to connect with Judy of um, of Chicana Mother Work. And she kind of set the ball rolling on us coming together for this podcast interview. Um, and so on this episode, we talk with Judith Perez Torres and Michelle Tellez of Chicana Mother Work. And in our conversation, we speak to a lot of different themes. Um, Many um, those things, including how they, as Chicana Mother Work, came together as a collective, how they find their work-life balance, how they push back against the expectation of academia, which is obviously steeped in what um, Michelle calls a neoliberal individualistic model of production, um, and how they came to write and publish this wonderful piece of literature. Christine and I, in this interview, 
felt so validated to know that we are on a similar trajectory in our own book project um, with our fellow contributors. And what a gift working in collaboration can be when creating and producing important work. So um, really, we felt like this interview was a lot of me and Christina just picking their brains, um, trying to demystify the publishing process, all the work that goes into creating and writing a book. Um, and though there's specifics in terms of that process, I think this conversation can really speak to anyone trying to navigate multiple parts of our identity, right? Like our career, motherhood, parenthood, um, and really just us following our passion. And so overall, we hope that you enjoy this conversation as we got so much from it, um, so many lessons that we are going to take into our work. Um, and we hope that others can listen and, and take those same lessons. Thanks for listening. Welcome back. It's been a moment. Yeah, we're here. Um, and we have Chicana Mother work with us today. So, <laughs> um, so maybe you all can introduce yourselves and then we can we can go from there. Um, well, I'm Michelle Tellez and I'm one of the co-founders of the Chicana Mother Work Collective. I teach in the Department of Mexican American Studies at the University of Arizona. And a lot of my work is about the U.S.-Mexico border, thinking about community formation and disruptions, and also thinking about uh, gendered resistance. So, you know, my push towards writing about mothering is also very rooted in that, in that experience. And I grew up along the border in San Diego and Tijuana, so that also shapes uh, how I view the world and my work and how I think about conviviality and resistance and movement making and identity so yeah hi my name is uh judith Perez, and i teach i'm an adjunct at cal state fullerton i teach in the college of ed department um in the educational leadership and i also teach first year um experience and i just got uh another course through the chicanos department so i'm excited um that one's going to be um chicanos and chicanas in education um, that's mostly my, my, my background is um, sort of uh, understanding the racialized experiences of students of color, particular students, uh, particularly Latinos, Latinas, Latinx um, students. So yeah, I'm one of the co-founders also of Chicana Motherwork. Um, yeah. Awesome. Grateful to have you both here with us. Yeah. In the studio. Yeah, so I think we wanted to kind of start by talking about um, something I think that we, we probably all struggle with is sort of finding this balance between the work we do in academia, the work we do as mothers, our personal investments um, in our academic work, all of that, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's almost like this trinity of like mother teaching writing or something like that, if I could think of it in that way. And the balance of those things, I feel like i am been really heavily into the mothering part for the first you know, few years of having a child. Mm -hmm. And then I come back into like the teaching part. And then somehow the writing takes a little bit longer to come into uh, finding a place for that for me at least. And, um, but, and, and now we've, we've done to find that, find that together. I think you and I have, Renee, yeah. and it's been so great. So that balance. 
So yeah, maybe if you all could maybe talk about your experience in, you know, we've all kind of been through the grad school process and that was that. And um, so, yeah, just in talking about that, how, how you sort of balance motherhood with all the other responsibilities. Um, I guess I'll start and be, because I think that, uh, you know, this, this idea of balancing, like I, I first started writing about um, how in academia we are, asked to have these like binary identities, right? So as a lifelong community activist in academia, I was seen as like, oh, that part doesn't matter, right? And so one of the first articles I ever published was um, a precisely about disrupting, you know, those binaries, right? Around like academia and activism and thinking about how we can, and using like Ansel Duen, Borderlands Theory as a way to understand like the, the where we hold multiple spaces, right? Um, and so what, what I hadn't realized um, is that I hadn't really included the notion of family in, in those binaries, you know? And so I became a mother nine months after I got my PhD, like to the day, you know? And I was on my first year on a tenure track and I was alone in a new city and I, you know, and I didn't get maternity leave and, you know, it was just like a really, like, kind of like, you know, baptism by fire, right? And mm-hmm. and so then out of that, like, I was like, like almost like the rage of like what it felt like to be um, an academic mother and like all of, again, feeling those binaries, I started writing about it. And that's really first how she got a mother work um, emerges, you know, borrowing from Patricia Hill Collins. Anyways, I say all that genealogy because I think for me, it's been really important to disrupt that you, you have to choose, right? And I think that we have to understand just like you were saying, that like, you know, there are moments where you're more of a mother. There are moments where you are focusing on your writing. And there are moments when you're focusing on your community work, right? And so I think that it, but they're never, they're never far from each other, right? And it's okay to let something go to focus, you know? Like, and there are moments in our children's lives that, you know, letting go a little bit is okay. And then there's moments where you kind of have to be really, really close to them. And I'm not gonna apologize for that, right? And so I also think that writing collaboratively, and that's something that we've discussed a lot in our collective is really disrupting this, you know, neoliberal, individualistic model of um of production right and so we're like purposely collaborating because we're saying this is equally as important as those single authored solo authored pieces right because even those people don't don't emerge in a vacuum right they're in conversation with other people always always ideas are floating and so as a way to sort of mark that it's always about being in community and recognizing that so that's one idea I have. It's so interesting, Michelle, you were saying like you, um, I got pregnant, I gave birth about like almost um, a year to the date and I, and I just qualified for maternity leave. Oh, wow. And I was, a, I was adjunct and I was the first adjunct to actually ask for maternity leave. Um, and it's interesting, you know, the trial by fire idea around becoming you know I think I got pregnant because I felt safe enough I oh I finished I got a job I'm in it you know and then at the same time learning how to be a a professor as well as a mother 
it's so, there was so much um, vulnerability, I feel like, in it and, and so much isolation, too, at the, at the beginning of a new school and everything. It slowly came into community, but I really feel that um, it really just connected to what you were saying around that and the binary. And I love that you wrote about it. I wish I'm, I'm, I continually wish that I write about it. <laughs> Let me write about it. Renee does that a lot. <laughs> Well, I think writing is one part of the healing and, you know, it's like, um, what do you do with the rage? And for people who write, I mean, that's cathartic, right? To like, let it out that way. And you never know where the words are going to fall, right? I mean, and I'm lucky that some of my articles were read by these grad students who now are, you know, doctoras themselves. And, um, and they were like, you know, it resonated with them, you know, and, and, and then of those simple ideas, then, you know, this project emerges and it would never have emerged had we not had the courage to like reach out to each other, to write the words and then to dream together, you know, and I think that that's definitely a part of it. Judy, what were you saying before the reception got cut out? Yeah, well, I was, I was saying that, that um, I'm also a, a recent graduate and from in 2017 and so the last my writing my dissertation was intense and when I met um the mujeres from Chicana Motherwork, uh I was I was I had my three kids and I was struggling with this idea of writing finishing up um because I had moved away from from the university and so it was really hard for me and so I always think when you know how uh we've been told not to collaborate right everything is on your own publish on your own do everything on your own. So I, I, I couldn't identify with that. I never did. I actually completed my BA. Um, I did a, I teamed up with another student to do it. So I, I was always, you know, collaborate. I can't do, I can't write by myself. I can't, you know, do anything by myself. That was sort of my security blanket as an undergrad, even in the master's program. I went in there because I had uh, folks that were in that program out in Utah. That's the only reason why I moved out there. Otherwise I would never move up there, right? And so that helped me. And so now I'm back in my hometown but now it's like I, I feel comfortable in my hometown, but now I don't identify with the writing piece. And so that was hard for me. And so when I met with, a, with Christine and she introduced me to, to the girls, that was very helpful. Um, but I, I, I do struggle um, writing on by myself. I don't, I don't think, I, actually, I've never published by myself. Um, that's not what I like to do. I like to do the work um, with folks that sort of uh, are in the same um, have these same ideas with me and that's the only way I can actually do it um, because it's hard for me otherwise you know even even just reading like I can't do that because I'm always you know with my kids mm -hmm. um, that is it's hard it's hard for me and I think that having um, groups uh, partners uh, other folks that's that's what helped me write mm. and even help me be in this group with the Chicano Mother. Well, and I think you raise it. Oh, I'm sorry. I was going to say, you raise an important point about like, it's hard to like slow down when you're running after mm -hmm. kids and teaching. And, and maybe if you're adjuncting, you're like freeway flying. At one point, I was commuting like four hours to teach, you know? And, um, and so, how do you like actually sit down and then? Like, let me think about this for a few. Let me mull over these ideas. You know, it's like who has time for that? It, you know, and unfortunately, that's the case for a lot of us. And so, I think one of the things, and I'm still learning this, is like you have to schedule it in, just like you schedule a meeting in. Like schedule like two hours of reading time, or one hour of reading time, or thirty minutes of reading time. You know, and because that is always the first to go. 
you know, and we're doing what we're doing because we have intellectual curiosity because, you know, we want to be able to challenge how, how knowledge is produced, right? And to be a part of that conversation. So if we're, we cease to be a part of that conversation, then, you know, then our original intentions are no longer there, right? So then we have to be intentional about creating that space for ourselves, I think. Yeah. You know, it's so interesting. I hear, when I hear you all talk to this topic and hearing the things coming out is like the importance of collaboration. And I think, you know, you both pointed out that academia would tell us, no, collaborate, you know, you do everything on your own. And I remember writing the dissertation and I had, so I took my um, qualifying exams in my like first trimester and, and then it was like, go write your dissertation, you know, and I had two babies in the process and it was motherhood was such an isolating experience. And then writing the dissertation was such an isolating experience. So I just, I really truly felt alone and it took me probably until a couple years ago that I was even, I even had the courage to like step out and go like make friends right? or go you know, and so like meeting Christina was huge. It was like, oh, we're both moms and oh, we're both in academia and we, you know, live close by and we're in the same community. It was, it, you know, it was really finding somebody to, to work with in that capacity that was, that was huge, but it's, it's not like, there's not built-in networks for that, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, the other thing that you said, Michelle, was when you were talking about that sometimes, you know, you might have to leave or leave something, right? Like if, if you're going to be working, you have to leave the kids and, and you're saying, I'm not going to apologize for that. And I think, oh, that's, that's so, um, that's a big thing. Right. And I think it, it was a turning point for me when, you know, I, I just wasn't getting the dissertation done. I wasn't making the time. And I was like, I'm, you know, this is my revolutionary work. I want to be here for my kids and I want to, you know, be hands-on. And, and I had to realize like, doing this other work is also for them, mm-hmm. you know, and, and it was until I was able to, in my head, be like taking time away from them to do what fulfills me is just as important as physically being there mm-hmm. for them, you know, and I'm, and I'm not going to apologize and I'm not going to feel guilty. And, you know, um, and it was hard too, because it was, you know, like when I would leave him with my mom and my mom never had that opportunity to be like, I'm going to go do what I love, you know, and I'm, you know, and, and, you know, so it was also kind of maybe trying to communicate to her, you know, like where I was at and, and, and also not being apologetic about it. So it, it's a lot, you know, it's a kind of process, but that's really important. Um, so, so this actually brings me to a, a question to bring yeah. because we found each other, I think through like a miracle of some kind of connection. <laughs> we just happened yeah. to start talking, you know, in, a, in our kids' school. Yeah. And oh. then found all these overlapping things, you know, and it is, I mean, we're, what would we make up like less than like 1% of uh, yeah. doc, doctoral, like doctors, you know, doctoras, yeah. like um, how did you come together, I guess, yeah. but like, I know there's some binding factors, some of that working that happened, just briefly, maybe. Yeah, yeah. Um, Judy, do you want to talk about it? 
I just want to mention that I re- I was listening to your podcast of how you all met, and you told me a little bit when I when I talked to talked to you in person. But it's I love it. Um, the school where my kids go, I'm always like trying to look for like who, <laughs> who looks like they could be my friends. And it's so cool that you two met um, there because I think that every time when you know when I pick up my kids, they're like, oh, you you know you're dressed today. Other times I'm always just with my bun and you know, no makeup, no nothing. So they really don't think I work. (laughs) So it's hard to explain to them what I do. Um, It's hard to explain being adjunct. So nevertheless, even you know here in in the castle and with the parents. So, anyways, uh, Michelle, you want to find mama communities, you know? Yeah. So find mamas that you actually connect with more than just being moms together. Yes. No. No, that's amazing. That is a really beautiful story um, for you all, and that your kids are then going to be growing up side by side as well. Um, yeah. <laughs> it is. I mean, you know, my daughter's 13 now and I met my, one of my best friends, we were at orientation together and she was more visibly pregnant and I was still, you know, hiding it because I was like terrified. And, um, and so she's, she'll never forget that I asked her like a million and one questions. Like, what about maternity leave? What about this? And she's like, God, this lady's like really interested in my pregnancy. <laughs> And then I was finally like, okay, I'm pregnant, you know? And, and then she was like, oh my God, you know? And now our daughters are 13 and, wow. you know, they've known each other since the womb. So it's really neat. Those yeah. kinds of things are just, they are miracles, serendipitous. I mean, fate, you know, whatever we think about. But, um, well, for the Chicana Mother Collective, like I said, I had started writing about this. I think my first piece came out in 2011 and it was in a book called uh, Latina Chicana Mothering by Demetria Press. Hmm. Um, and then, um, so I wrote that first piece where I started thinking about what is Chicana mother work? What does that mean? You know, it was about uh, how do we survive in USCN society? How do we transmit culture? And I really talked about my mother's parenting. Um, and then I... I published a couple of pieces in like the Feminist Wire to do more public scholarship around this. And then in 2013, I published a piece in Feminist Formations called um, uh, Chicana, no, Lectures, Diapers, and Evaluations, Chicana Single Mothering in the Academy. And and then that one, um, I think, was read by like some of like uh, Yvette Martinez Wu, who's a member of our collective, Cecilia Caballero. Um, Christine Vega and then uh, so then they reached out to me um, to do a panel together um, in 2014 at the American Cities Association Conference and it was a panel that we called Mothers and Mothers of Color in Academia and um, so that's the first time we all met in person was in 2014 and we have a picture on our website and if you see the picture like my daughter was already you know I don't know I don't remember how she was like seven or eight, but um, the babies were like babies, you know, and, and Judy still didn't have her third baby yet. Right. And so um, <laughs> she just kept going. Kept going. <laughs> I was like, I have my team now. I can do this. <laughs> and so that first meeting was there and then it sort of just, we were like, this was really awesome and healing and important. And why don't we keep working together and let's, you know, maybe we should write an article together. And it just sort of like, we should write an article all together. And then as we're writing the article, we're like, you know, we should really think about, um, 
getting this, these ideas out to a more popular audience. We should do a podcast. And so then we started doing the podcast and then we started crowdfunding to get the, you know, all the equipment after we were using a, another person's space or another community space, do the podcast. And then we're like, we should write an anthology. And then we started thinking about those ideas together. We set out a call for paper and we got so many submissions that we could not accept. We're like, we should start writing a blog so that all of these submissions that couldn't get published in the book, we could publish them on the blog. And then we developed the blog and, and it's just been like that, you know, like when they, we see a need, you know, we think about it together and, and then how do we make it happen? So this fall, it'll be five years that we've been wow, you know, working together and dreaming together. And, and, you know, and I will say that, you know, although we're all, I mean, now we're all in different places like Colorado, Arizona, California, and then different cities within California, um, that it's been really important for us to, even if we're not in the same space, we do a lot of these Zooms mm -hmm. that makes you feel like you're together. Um, and we don't just talk about work, you know, we talk yeah. about our daily lives. You know, many of us have gone through separations, we've gone through births, we've gone through loss, we've, you know what I mean? Like so much. Um, and so that is also part of, I think, doing the collective work is building relationships with one another. Mm -hmm. um, because what we also argue is that if there's no relationship building, if there's no community, then cultures don't change. Like the culture of academy is not going to change just with a simple policy, right? You have to have a, like a movement of people that like are able to respond to that. So, um, so that's, I guess, a little bit of our genealogy and then sort of where we're at right now. Yeah. Um, so I think we, we wanted to kind of talk a little bit more about the, the book, your book and that process. Um, you know, because I think we're always trying to demystify this whole academia thing, right? And I think even within academia, there's so much gatekeeping and so much, you know, I had a, I had a professor call it hazing, right? It's like, oh, we went through all of this trauma, <laughs> right? And so now, now you should too, right? Mm -hmm. And, you know, so we're really trying to figure out like, you know, how can we do our thing without recreating trauma right or perpetuating trauma um yeah I just want to say like hearing you speak to how you all came together and how the flow like happened I feel I feel like oh wow there's that confirms like this is we're on that yeah we're on that journey too you know yeah. mm -hmm. <laughs> um the similar like podcast funding you know like yeah. all these little things I'm um, talking about our relationship you know it just feels like oh are we're so normal. <laughs> we're like this yeah. normalizing, like, you know. And I think you, you all have created a kind of a model, right? Like, oh, it's possible to work collaboratively to create this thing. Um, you know, and we were we were at the event at, at Dominguez Hills mm -hmm. and hearing all the different stories, you know, and 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 I and I told her, I go, this is the new um this bridge called my back. <laughs> I said, you know, like thinking how revolutionary that anthology was, you know, for the time. And I think that that's what this book is. But um, anyway, so getting so different than yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, that inclusivity of mothering, you know, I think I love 
you know, when these people talk about if it's not inclusive of children or it's space for children, if there's no space for that, then it's not really inclusive. You can't call it that. Yeah. And I feel like that's what, you know, yeah. the work is doing. Very different than what you're talking about, this hazing or this hierarchy or this, yeah. like, you know, you need to experience payment. That story being a part of the academic, I mean, the whole American story probably are all, like, Western religion stories. is like you have to suffer yeah. in order to actually um, come out with something, you know, um, so the idea of like, what, what is working hard, right? Like working hard means you have to give up, you know, something or, or that there's just, I don't know, there's just not a lot of compassion for that, for that process. Um, so I think, you know, that brings us to really wanting to, we really kind of want to pick your brain. Like, <laughs> what was that process like in terms of, okay, you're, you, you're collecting these pieces um what was the editing process like how did you find a publisher what was the et that process like um, what can you tell us <laughs> yeah. judy do you want to start well i could go into the editing part you can start off the how we got okay so uh so like i said we you know at one point we just started dreaming about the anthology because we realized that when we started doing these presentations there were other people were like you know that it resonated like mm -hmm. we're doing a lot of testimonial work um and then we started theorizing what that what it looks like what chicana mother work is right and so um and then so we did several presentations and we saw you know people that were um wanting to share their stories and we're like well we should mm -hmm. figure out a place to share these stories you know and so um we had an idea and because i had a relationship with the University of Arizona Press, um, a brand new one, because I've only been here for three years, uh, but uh, she, Kirsten Buckles, um, was, I'm trying to remember, we were maybe at a conference or something? We're yeah, like, we were at a conference. And we're like, let's go meet with her and tell her idea and see what she says, you know? Mm -hmm. And I, and I really- was out of and let me just add, this was out of, we were presenting and, and, and just because it's fresh in my head on how you, you all were talking about, like, we get excited about presenting someone where they're like, what do we present on? You know? <laughs> and it was just our idea of like, we shared our own personal stories as mothers, you know, being in the academy to where we started realizing, you know what, we need to leave more time for the audience because they're sharing their story. Mm -hmm. And it was so powerful hearing it. So right after that, you know, we had to cut it because there was more people coming in and so many people wanted to share their stories mm -hmm. as faculty, as community members, as students, as graduate students, you know? And so we just felt like, you know, the energy was there, but we had to cut it off because, you know, a new workshop was coming in. And so that's where we ran to, um, uh, to uh, Kristen. So go on. Yeah, no. So then when we went to, and I really credit Kristen for, you know, because she could have been like, oh, I, you know, I'm not sure this is going to fly. I don't know. But she right away loved the idea. And, you know, I so it, it could be because we're so amazing. And, we know. did gang up on her. I've been mean, <laughs> running to her like, okay, well, we're going to go to her. <laughs> but I do think that, like, had she been lukewarm to the idea, we wouldn't, it wouldn't have, we wouldn't put fire underneath us, you know? And she was like, okay i think this is a great idea i need more i want to know what, what's your proposal who what are you going to be talking about what's the guy like? you know and so we're like we'll get back to you <laughs> <laughs> and so um and then we had it so what we try to do also at least once a year is to do like a writing retreat together like a three or four day writing retreat yeah and so we've come to arizona now twice i think we've been to santa barbara once 
um, and then LA. And so this, we're trying to figure out what we're going to do this year. And so we sat down and just went back and forth about like, you know, what are the pressing issues of our experience as mothers, you know, and that's how we came up with the four themes, you know, separation, intergenerational um, uh, mothering, is the like academic activist mothering, and then reproductive justice, right? Because we realized that those were those areas that kept coming up for us, you know? Mm -hmm. um, so we developed a proposal uh, and we followed, you know, every publisher has a you know, like a guideline on their website, like what they want. Mm -hmm. So we went on the website, we saw their guidelines, we basically followed it to a T, mm -hmm. and then we submitted it to Kristen. And then Kristen sent it out, the idea out to um, her team. At the same time that this was happening, the Feminist Wire was developing a brand new book series um, on intersectional feminisms, right? And are you familiar with the Feminist Wire? They were like a... Mm -hmm between, I want to say like 2011, 2012 to about 2016, 2017, they were like this, you know, a hotbed for feminist, um, you know, uh, news source, right? And writing and it was, you know, like kind of like a Me Too or like, a, you know, some of the newer ones. Um, but they were transitioning out of the web-based activity and, and thinking about how do they sustain this work through an editorial pre uh, series, right? And so they were in collaboration and thinking with University of Arizona Press. So then they got back to us and said, would you be interested in being one of the first books published through the Feminist Wire series? And we were like, heck yeah, that sounds amazing. You know? uh, and I think our work fit perfectly. So um, again, like serendipity, kismet, whatever you want to think about, I think there was like a confluence of things that were coming together. Um, and and um, after we submitted a proposal, we got some feedback. And then we're like, okay, let's do this. And so I think, when, like I said, when we, when we uh, sent out the call for papers, it was like September of 2016. Mm -hmm. And we had a deadline of December 1. So it was a quick turnaround. And we were like, okay, we're going to hopefully we'll get like 20 submissions. You know what I mean? And then we'll choose 14, you know? Uh, well, we got like close to 90, you know, in that like short period. And so that's like I said, why the blog was, was created because we realized there was a need for this. Yeah. And, um, and I was going to say something else, but now I forgot. So anyways, you can take it over, Julie. Um, I wanted to add because we, when we went, did the book release of the um, anthology, I, I didn't even know a, a lot about the Feminist Wire. And so um, when they shared the story, it was about, it was, was it two black females mm -hmm. that started? And they were also graduate students right at that time mm -hmm. when they started this idea. And the web wasn't, Facebook, all that stuff wasn't really, you know, coming out so much. So it's a good background. Um, but yeah, so so now we, they said, yes, you know, we send our, our proposal of our chapters, what they look like. And now we needed to do the call. Um, and it was during December. And we didn't think we were going to get a lot of, you know, folks, um, but we did. And so then we got all these, you know, uh, submissions. And so who was going to read over 80 something <laughs> submissions, right? And that's just considering us, you know, with our time to, um, and so that's where, that's where we said, we're going to have to split it up the work. And so we did it by sections. Um, who's going to take, you know, part, part one, part two, part three, and four, um, and, uh, um, sections. And we, that's when we did, we did the retreat at Santa Barbara, right? Oh, we went through. Oh, that was what it was for to read yeah. through everything. Right? <laughs> yeah, to read yeah. through all of them. 
and <laughs> and that was an emotional roller coaster. Here we are in a, you know this room, and it has two queen beds, <laughs> and we're just sitting there and just reading. And you know, some of us are crying, you know, mm -hmm. and it was it was really really intense. Wow. Um, and how do you you know how do you choose, and how do you give even feedback? You know, yeah. it, um, even the editing process was was hard um, because you were so immersed in, into what their their stories. Um, that for me, it was even hard for me. And 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 again, we're graduate students. We've never edited before. You know, we've never edited chapters. I'm, I need help with my editing. You know? Yeah. <laughs> so that was even hard for 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 me personally speaking. Um, but it, it just reading their stories reminded me of why we needed to do this this work. Mm -hmm. um and so whether we knew it or not and i think it's i mean we've survived so far in, gra in graduate program not knowing what the hell we're doing so mm -hmm. <laughs> okay we could do this somehow um but it was it was helpful doing the retreats because we were all there hey you know what do y'all think of this you know what kind of feedback do we provide here you know and it's been very good in terms of somebody would fo format a, uh, an email that we can send to you know all the contributors and we all agree on it you know it was just it, it was it's it's been really nice how everybody's sort of skills um, has been, it's, you know, coming handy and how we can offer um, feedback and editing. And also the editors of the, the Feminist Wire, the anthology were really helpful as well. Mm -hmm. And at, once we were getting our final edits, um, one of them was a, a mom. And so she's like, I'm sorry, I'm not gonna be able to read him, you know, because I have mom duties. And so that already makes, you know, builds a good mm -hmm. bridge. And so I think we always talk about how, you know, if you wanna publish, make sure that, you publish in a place that believes in your work and also recognizes, you know, you not only as a scholar, but as a mother, you know, um, and that is very important. And and the work that you do and, and look into their background as well. So let me ask you, when, <laughs> when you all went on your retreats, um, were your children there? Were they not? How did you manage childcare? All of that. Yeah, it depended. Um, there were times when, you know, uh, like our kids were in the vicinity. We didn't organize childcare during our retreat, but um, if some of us have partners who were willing to like help each other out, you know, mm -hmm. um, or like, uh, you know, we would leave our kids somewhere and then show up together somewhere. So then that also determined, okay, like I'm going to be dropping off Milagro here so I could be there between this time and this time yeah. and that, you know what I mean? So we just, we always like are very in much in touch about our schedules and like when yeah. we be available. And at first it's one thing I'll say, we used to meet in the evenings, you know, because that was like when everything was done and like we could do it. And then we all decided like, you know what? No, like mm. you're also then taking time away from our children and our families when we do evening stuff. So we didn't then try to make sure that we could get our meetings and our work in during like business hours, you know, so that then we have our time in the evenings with our family. You know, every now and then we'll still do something in the evening, but it's like something we try very hard to, to keep so that we have that balance, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. So we d didn't have the funding for like childcare, but we just try to like help each other out in, in those, in those retreats and keep them shorter. Mm, keep them shorter yeah yeah so not like a week retreat it would be like okay let's we're gonna be working and we would have like dinner you know i gotta say one of our so we all have our strengths like right oh, like, organizer artist you know Caballero is a really beautiful creative writer 
Um, and then Yvette, was, I mean, we're all writers and, you know, we, but the Yvette is like our time master, right? I mean, <laughs> good at like spreadsheets and like, all right, this is our schedule. <laughs> yeah. And so, you know, so it's really like helpful for us when I'm thinking back about, you know, how we organized everything, you know, she would always like pull together like these, these spreadsheets for us to, to be able to manage, you know, the, yeah. the material and not, and, get, and not get everything lost, you know? So I think that's really helpful. Yeah. I think it's crazy that as, in, you know, institutions have always sort of pushed that out as moms, like, okay, you're a mom, what can you do? Mm-hmm. But I think that's what has helped us. You know, we've, we've learned how to, you know, work, you know, with, with whatever is given to us because, you know, yeah. when, even though no matter how much we plan, Something always comes up, you know, either the baby's sick, some, somebody cancels on us to take care of us, but we're able to still multitask, do whatever we can. And I think that's, um, through this group, they've been able to sort of validate my craziness, my hectic, you know, schedule, and affirm that we could still make it happen. Somehow work out the schedule, we yeah. have to cancel, you know, and that's something that um, in, in, in institutions we're not allowed to do, you know. Mm-hmm. Once you you're not able to attend that conference, you just missed it. Sorry, you can't. You, you can be part of it. And for mm-hmm. us, we we made it you know possible. And I think it's a reminder of you know if they only knew how powerful it is to get a bunch of mothers together. <laughs> to I I I've, I've always said if I could put this on my CV, like if I could put motherhood with all that it requires to be a mom, right? Like, but that doesn't we like, need to. We need it to doesn't count towards somehow. you know tenured track and all of that you know it, it, you know because I look on my CV and sometimes there's gaps in times and I'm like yeah that's when I was having babies yes <laughs> like what were you doing during that time <laughs> yeah oh I was just breastfeeding 24 yeah. seven yeah. developing lungs and organs and stuff like that you know yeah um, I love hearing the details about the child child care about organizations about skills within the group I love hearing the details too about being in that room all at once and the vulnerability um the sense of can I do this yes I can do this you know like that that whole process just feels like such a breath of fresh air to hear it just to hear it from you you know and I love um just just love that I don't know why like I want to broadcast it to the world please everyone listen to this this is actually (laughs) what the process looks like and sometimes I I doubt that in myself like can I do that you know can I um can I even be doubtful you know at this at this stage in the game um can we actually tag team conferences like we are? Is that cool? Can we do that? Yeah, yeah. we can. Right? I know. I, yeah. So we're, you know, we've been applying to these conferences to collaboratively, but like I wasn't able to go to Paris, so she went and then she's, you know, not going to be able to go to Amherst, but I am. And I'm like, how do we put that on our CV? Like mm-hmm. in absentia, like, you know, like where you didn't go to the conference, but your work did, right? Like I was, I was equally a part of that, the work that got presented there. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, like it's it's sort of like navigating the rules of academia, um, but it's also like from a more holistic perspective, right? Mm-hmm. Like we're taking our whole selves into account and then having an approach that is not like, if we don't follow the rules, then you're out, right? Or, mm-hmm. or you're done. Um, you seem to have found some that community, that space to help you navigate that in the last like five years. I love that. Yeah. Well, and I think that that piece where, you know, if you're not able to go, like, you're, yeah, absolutely, your work is still there. I mean, you know, this, this is, I mean, and, and people have been doing this forever, right? Like, I mean, there's a lot of, like, at alls in the, in the academic world, right? Mm-hmm. And so how do they do that, right? And they always say, well, this is work in collaboration with, you know, and I say who I'm in collaboration with, you know, and so, 
you could just be like in parentheses, like the person who was there would be, you know, that would go on your CV and then in parentheses you put the second person and then, you know, vice versa. So like if you weren't there, you could be like, my work was presented here, you know? And I think just to be, you know, just to be very like transparent and to be meant to push those boundaries of what should be accepted. Yeah. You know, you wanted to be accepted, right? And and I do think like we none of us could have done this alone. None of us. Like the five of us, there are moments where I have disappeared for like on a month because I am overwhelmed with my other job, you know, uh, or my parenting or whatever it is I'm going through. And um and so had it not been for the four of them sustaining the work, it yeah. wouldn't continue. And that's what we do all the time for each other. You know, we're always like, I can't do it, okay, so you're gonna do it. Oh, I forgot to do this. Okay, I got you. And there's, and then sometimes there's like, girl, you didn't come through. Like, I gotta keep, you know, we hold each other accountable, yeah. too, you know? <laughs> yeah, I was just thinking how you started off with talking about, uh, you know, put it on, schedule it. At <laughs> one of our meetings, I was like, oh, shoot, I didn't know. She's like, don't you look at your phone in the morning when you wake up? I was like, no, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> but it is helpful. It's like, okay, yeah, maybe that I should do that. I should look at my phone. I never thought about that. I mean, I never even thought about uh, putting um, the work that we do when I'm not able to attend one of the conferences into my CV. So that's something I even, mm -hmm. I never thought about because I always felt like, yeah, it was something you don't do that because you weren't present there. So, I mean, you learn something new every day. I mean, it could be you know, it's like, it's, I mean, it's hard to get to conferences, yeah. but then it's thinking like, well, I don't, we've, we've talked about this. We're like, I don't want to do a project by myself anymore. I don't want to have to go uh -huh. to a conference and, and do that solo. So how do we make it work where, we're all, we're both benefiting from, you know, everything, <laughs> you know. When it could be like a separate section too. It could be like, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Like collaborative. Right. Uh-huh. Exactly. So, mm -hmm. and there's got to be, you know, you just got to find ways, I think, to push back, you know, and then even in your institutions to have them recognize and see what should be, you know, a part of your production, you know. Um, yeah. So, you know, and I, I have a line in one of my articles where I wrote, like, um, how am I supposed to be productive, or how am, is production not seen when I'm producing a human being? Like, something about that, like, it's like, really? Like, we've produced a human being, and that's, <laughs> like, how, how do we not recognize that, you know? I, I had such a struggle when I was, I think, yeah, I was writing a dissertation, and I was applying for, like, tenure track positions at a, at a junior college. And I had a friend who got a job and she was like, oh, all you have to do is, and then she gave me the list of shit I had to do. And I said, nowhere on that list is mothering, right? Mm -hmm. Like she was have a child. And it was just, it was the first moment I realized that if somebody doesn't understand that experience, mm -hmm. they don't understand it, They're right? Really and I was like, yeah, that all sounds great, but where am I going to find time to do that? you know? Mm -hmm. um, and then I, I understood sort of the lack of taking that into consideration. I was the same way where I was pregnant for a whole semester and didn't want to say anything. I, I was like, I didn't even want to tell my students. It was weird. I said, here I am. Like I, I got pregnant on purpose yeah. <laughs> and, I, and I couldn't share with anybody, you know, and I, and I was hiding it and I was wearing clothes and being strategic and how sad that is that we have to, you know, kind of live like that. Totally. Mm -hmm. But, um, so I think maybe 
because we're such in the middle of this, like we're, we're kind of trying to get this book project together. And sometimes we are like, I, I, I'm such a, I'm the organizer person. <laughs> I'm the, like, where's the timelines and what does this look like? And um, maybe if you can give us like from when the book started to when it got published, what was, you know, how long did that take? Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Well, just like quickly, the, the call for papers went out in like September or October of 2016. And the book was published in March of 2019. Sure. So uh, it was a really quick turnaround um, for all of us, right? Uh, I mean, I've been working on my single author book for like 100 years, you know, and that is not um, nearly close to being done as this one. But like I said, it was because we had you know, the five of us to pick up the work when somebody couldn't, you know? Yeah. Um, and so the first part is getting the proposal in, getting feedback. The second part was the call for papers and then choosing, you know, the 18 chapters. Mm -hmm. um, part of that is organizing the emails to go out to the contributors. We had to learn a whole new uh, email system. What was it called, Judy, that you learned it? Um, through Gmail when we would send those mass emails out? Oh, I don't know, like merging scene. I don't know what it was called. We just figure out how to do it. <laughs> <laughs> it's like trial and error, right? Know, of course, Yvette would know. <laughs> yeah, so she's like, yeah, so you learn stuff and then you forget it sometimes because you're like, okay, we learned it. And then we did that and then, um, and then we sat, and then we had to have the uh, authors submit their final drafts. And I think Files, we, yeah. <clears throat> we went through two edits, like with mm -hmm. each author of us and then in one more edit from the press mm -hmm. um and then the final entire draft we sent it to a copy editor jordan beltran gonzalez who's mm -hmm. amazing mm -hmm. and he uh, has worked yes. with us before jordan beltran gonzalez yeah i <laughs> highly recommend him um shout out to jordan if he's listening <laughs> <laughs> um and he like combed through the entire draft for us. Mm -hmm. And then we were able to, you know, like submit it. And then we got, you know, so it went back a couple of times. And there were, there are a couple, you know, it's like, despite all that, there were like a couple of tiny errors in the final draft that we were like, ah, oh, well, we told them, you know? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it just happens, you know? <laughs> um, but we really wanted it to be, to, we really wanted it ready for the Knox 2019 conference. Uh, and we pushed hard and if there were, there was like, that's how we're kind of behind in other things. Like we haven't, um, put out our third season of our podcast because we were just mm -hmm. working so hard to get that out. Mm -hmm. Um, but it, it made it in time for Knox 2019 and then all of our books sold out there, which was really exciting. Wow. Yeah. And then, um, and so now we're, you know, trying to just do the book. We're calling it the book tour, you know, where we're seeing <laughs> places and they have people have those conversations. Um, and then we have to settle down and think about, okay, what's next, you know? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So let me ask, because we're also like, the thing that we're also coming up against is, so we're working on this book with two other people and who are also mothers, you know? And so not only are we like, okay, and we have been finding the time but there's also this thing of like, man, this is such free labor, right? And how do we, because <laughs> and, and, we're doing you this. You want to take a picture of our face? 
<laughs> we both did it hot. We're like, mm. <laughs> yes. and There's we're like finances funding. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, I'm how did like, you? How did you? I mean, oh, essentially, you all did this for free. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. are you going to see the fruit? Are you going to see the fruit of that? It after it's financially. <laughs> what do you mean? Are we going to see the fruit spiritually and emotionally? And you know, okay, both. Your academic careers, right? I guess. Um, well, we, I think Judy and I have different perspectives, right? In some ways, because we have, we're situated differently in the academy, right? Um, mm -hmm. And so I think that matters, you know? Mm -hmm. um, so in some ways, my working towards this book is counting towards my tenure. Right. right? Mm -hmm. um, and so I may not be uh, getting paid for this work, but it counts you know, it counts, right? Mm -hmm. um, versus somebody like Judy, who is adjuncting, you know, post-PhD, uh, you know, th there's no research requirements for her. So she could literally go teach her classes and then come home and be done, right? I mean, you're never done because you're teaching, but... But this is going to help for her, right? When she goes, if you go to apply, you know, towards a tenure-track position, right? Oh, yes. But then it would, yeah, absolutely. I think, I mean, she's a published author, you know, she's got this really important anthology out. So it, uh, absolutely there's, you know, um, like some capital in that. But in terms of the journey, yeah, we haven't had, we've gotten funding like along the way to help us. Like we did the crowdfunding, we got a sabbatical beauty scholarship, we got um, the Commission on Status of Women funded us, we got um, the, the Asakea Institute has given us, I think $500. So, you know, there's a little bit, but that doesn't go to us personally. It just helps cover maybe our retreat costs, um, mm -hmm. or a little bit of our travel costs. Um, and did those funds come a little later in the project as well? Did they come as you were kind of? Yes. And that's one thing I would recommend. And I think if we would have had the foresight to say, we are developing this project. And this is what we want to do. This is what we're going to do. Da, 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 and apply for a grant early on. Mm. I think we could have been funded, you know? I mean, but we were like so far into it. We're like, well, we've done all these amazing things. Um, that's also the, I think part of, yeah. part of it for me is like, that's like the autonomist in me, you know, like we, mm. I do everything like outside of the institution because I don't want anyone to tell me. Mm. what you can and can't do yeah so I think that part of it was also like let's create this outside of so we're not rooted in one institution you know uh, we don't have any like strings attached to the work that we do but yeah so I don't know Judy what you want to add to that um, yes so as an adjunct um, and even, even, well, I think one of the things that I battle with, and I know a lot of folks are like, but you, you know, you published, uh, you co-edited a book, um, shouldn't that help? Um, I, I kind of stepped away from applying to tenure positions just because um, right now, um, with <laughs> not having anybody helping me with my kid, my, yeah. my third one, it's just too hard that I just stopped. Um, but I think yeah. for me, my background is in, um, in leadership, and so, even trying to get funding to go to a women's studies conference with them is kind of like, uh, how does it align, you know? And so for me to even, you know, argue on how um, this book is helpful for, you know, within um, the department, it's something that mm -hmm. I have to figure out how to strategically do it to sort of sell it to them. Um, because mm -hmm. again, it's, you know, mothers are not seen as something 
that you know my the students in ed leadership really are interested ironically right um and so it's something that i am i struggle with um um but yeah we don't get any financial everything is is done and it's something that it takes my my even my partner. He's like, wait, so you're already adjuncting, which doesn't pay anything, <laughs> and then you're invested in this Chicano mother work thing. And so I was. I remember when I got the book, I was like, look, and my kids and my partner, and you know, I was like, look at how exciting. He's like, you're not getting paid. Like, oh, <laughs> I was so like, so you know the publisher gets all the money. Is that how it works? You don't get anything. Yeah. No. Well, I mean, yes and no. Well, right? Yes. For Michelle, it would be, but no, no. Well, no, no, so not for Michelle. Um, the the so an academic it's, it's the norm in academic publishing. It's not like authors get paid for their labor, um, because wow. there's no an academic publishing. You know, it, it's like this system where you know there's they're doing all this work for you, like the buying, like the book publishing part, and mm-hmm. you are, you know, doing the, the writing for it, um, but they produce it for you. And then like any sort of profit, I mean, they don't, academic presses are like slowly dying, so they're not making a whole lot of money. But then out of each book, we get like a percentage, and we have a joint account that we created. And so then that whatever percentage it's like one person, I don't know, pennies, you know, we'll go on. So maybe we'll make $10 a year. I don't know. I don't know. We'll let you know like how much <laughs> that really looks like, but that will go into our joint account, you know, and then, and then we use that for, to travel. And I wanted to add also that I forgot, we should have said this early on is that we've also developed a model of um, fundraising that includes merchandise. And because we have Christine as like a really great artist, you know, we have t-shirts and we're going to be coming out with pins. We have stickers um, and, and other things. I don't, I forget what we have. And so we've been able to, oh, mugs. We had, she got a really Oh yeah. Um, like that. And those all have sold out. And with the profits we make from profits, that also helps. Cut. So personally, you know, besides our time, I don't think we've had to invest a lot of personal money in the last five years. We have managed to cover most of the expenses through the merchandise, through the small grants that we've gotten, and then those crowdfunding that we did that for one time for the equipment, you know? So I will say that it's not like we're personally paying into it as of yet, you know, maybe in the beginning a little bit, yeah. Or I've gotten grants because I was connected to, you know, a few institutions early on and, and I've been able to cover their cost of travel um, and et cetera, et cetera. So that's how we've also, because we try to think about how the institution, we can use the institution to support. Yeah. Them. That's, and that's what we've been trying to figure out. Like, can we get some funding to go to conferences? You know, I had to fight really hard as an adjunct to get funding for Paris. Yeah. Like, at Cal LA, we, we're not getting funding, but um yeah, so I, I I think to me that those are the logistical things that are really important because it's like, you know, what is going to be the payoff or, or at least knowing that going in, you know, gives you a better sense of like what to expect, you know, and kind of seeing like what that process looks like. Um, so then we're just much more conscious about how we spend our time and, mm-hmm. you know, where we put our energy and, and whatnot. I wanted to ask, and I know we're kind of getting short on time. I want to make sure we honor that. How do you, maybe it's just maybe the final question. I don't know. I know we want to ask what's next and where we can find your book. Maybe you could speak to that a little too, but <laughs> collaborating on writing the introduction together. How did, 
um, any, any tips maybe, <laughs> you know? You know, we developed a system where like, it was really based on who had the time first. Mm -hmm. And then whoever had the first time, like the you know, time in the beginning was the one who's made. So, okay, let me go back. We all throw ideas on a paper, like in a group meeting. Mm -hmm. yeah, we're gonna like live so. uh, Google Doc and we start throwing it. Somebody writes it, somebody talks about it and we add to it. So we're like, we're just like, like the intro should happen. The medium, so, so we're all on one Google Doc, right? Like throwing ideas out. And then um, Judy would say, or Yvette would say, okay, well, I have time today. So I'm going to try to like organize this a bit more. Who wants to take the next round? And then literally we would organize who's going to take the next round. Mm. Um, and oftentimes I was the last one, it seems like. I don't know. And then so that we would just keep going, you know, like, and then when it got to the last person, okay, we think we have a draft. Let's all get back on a call together and read through the draft mm. together. Mm -hmm. And then we would read through the whole draft together. And then, and then we would make those changes and that was it. Yeah. That's how we did it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's a, <laughs> great. Such yeah. I, again, like to me, those are just so, so important parts of, of the logistics because it's one thing to see like the final product and be like, Oh, great. But it's recognizing and validating the work it takes to, to get that done, you know, and, and the time it takes and, and all of these, like you said, like the organizing of time and, you know, like the retreats, I think that's a huge thing. I think that's something we might have to figure out how to, how to make time for. Um, and I, I think that we dream about these things and you, you know, like, mm, we're doing it. Yeah, yeah, no, this is really validating for us to say like, okay, I think we're, we're on that track, you know, we're on that path. Yeah. Um, so yeah. So tell us where we can find the book or tell us, <laughs> listeners. <laughs> so we're going to be, because you all are based in the LA area, we're going to be at UCLA on June 5th. Um, we're going to be giving a talk there. Um, so there'll be books there. But I mean, you can find our book on Amazon, mm -hmm. on some, in some local bookstores. Uh, you can buy it through the press. And on our website, chicanamotherwork.com, we have a flyer that gives you a 30% discount. Mm -hmm. um, and so you can then go to the press and enter that code and you'll get a discount on the book. Uh, it, luckily, it's a paperback. It's not, you know, um, hard. hard yeah, so it, it helps with the cost and we're really excited about that. Uh, and then we, on our website, if you follow us there, you'll know um, where we're, you know, where we're going to be next if you want to come to one of our talks. Um, and then you can follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and then Twitter, too. Mm -hmm. um, what was the other thing? Oh, my God, I just had something in my head. Is it what's next? Anthology part two? <laughs> I don't know what I was thinking. Um, yeah, what is next? What? <laughs> you haven't had time to think about it. Well, we I think it's just kind of like, even us, I mean, it, we were so rushed into this process and the few, you know, retreats and time that we had to each other, um, even, even checking in, it's like a lot of us are just starting to check in with each other. I mean, we did mm -hmm. like the in-between meetings, but even like, okay, now that the book is done, now that we're sort of out there, it's exciting, but we're still like, we haven't really celebrated, um, um. you know, and I think it's even for us, it's, that's what we're, we're trying to see. What are we going to do for our, I've been trying to tell them like, what are we going to do for celebrate <laughs> our you know? our party girl. <laughs> yeah. So, I'm like, we work hard, so we need to do something. Yeah. Um, sure. So, 
I mean, we have so many uh, uh, other plans, but I think uh, sometimes I'm like, we need to just sit down and celebrate it. Cause a lot of times it's, we're always, you know, a lot of, we're doing a lot of emails and all this stuff. It's sort of that checking in with each other. And then I think within that little small retreat that we're going to have is move on to the what's next. I mean, we've been talking about what's next. We've talked about, you know, children's books. We've talked about uh, the part <laughs> two anthology. You know, we've talked about, what else? More our podcast now that we're trying well, to- Yeah, we really didn't want to launch season three of our podcast mm -hmm. just because we've sort of let it slide a bit in the last several months. And so we have really great ideas and are excited about that. And maybe we just do that and really focus on the podcast so it's good mm -hmm. for the next season, you know, and the next, you know, years, you know, six to year. And, um, and then, you know, I think, and what I want to say before we close off too is that like um, to just underscore- um, the importance of relationship building and the importance of building trust with one another and understanding um, horizontal leadership. Um, and so that it's not that there is like a center person, you know, and, and like we've said that we've all have strengths that we are very lucky that have worked, you know, to support the project. Um, but if you don't have that relationship and if you don't have the trust, then it's really difficult for a project to move forward. I mean, they that's how it exists in the academy, and people hate yeah. each other, and they, you know, whatever. And but I, I we don't we don't want to perpetuate that, and we are interested in in, in thinking about the longevity of the work. Um, and part of that is to have those relationships, and we trust that. For example, not it's really hard for us all five of us to be somewhere, you know. And so, like even today, you know, only two of us can make it, but everybody knows that you know, what we're going to talk about is a reflection of our common vision because we've built these relationships because we've talked ad nauseum about the work because we, we know that what we want to put out into the world is something that we've built together and we will always honor that, you know, together. So we make our decisions on consensus um, and, you know, and we, you know, and anyway, so I just want to say that that's such an important part of this process. Yeah. Relationship, horizontal leadership. I just love that so much. Yeah. It's been such a gift yeah. to have you speak with us. I hope that being here has, has gifted you back and, you know, <laughs> or gifts you back in so many more ways um, today and in the future. Honestly, I just so grateful. I know yeah. we're grateful. Yeah. No, this is, this is amazing. I remember when I first heard your podcast, I was like, oh my God, like this is, it was revolutionary to hear a podcast with other Chicana academics, moms. I was like, oh my God, this is, you know, speaks to me. So it's so amazing to have you all with us. We're honored. That's what I was going to ask about the book. <clears throat> is it going to be available in like university libraries or how, do, how does that happen? You should ask your library to buy it. And okay. yeah. as an adjunct, you can say, hey, I want this book. We want we need this book in our library. And they normally would buy will buy it. Mm -hmm. Okay. Good. I think that's a good piece of advice to get to go ask our libraries to Yeah, absolutely. Put in a request. Thank you all. Awesome. Thank, you, thank you so much. Have a wonderful day. Good luck. Let's be in touch. Wait, did somebody say Amherst? Is somebody going to the mothering thing in Amherst? I went to the monks. Um, oh, the monks thing. Okay, very cool. The mothering conference in Amherst? Yeah, well, I was hearing about Anyways, I don't want to take a podcast time, but we can talk about that. I <laughs> thought at monks. Oh, yeah. Have a great time. Oh, thanks. Ooh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's my birthday weekend, too. So. Okay. Cool. <laughs> yeah.
All right. Celebration is important too in all this. Yes. Joy in the it's part of the radical healing, I think, too. Yeah, that is that's a that's a whole section in our book. It is so <laughs> amazing. We can't yeah. wait to read it. Yeah. yeah. Well, thank you both so much. So great to meet you both. You too. Thank you. Okay. Looking forward to your adjunct podcast. <laughs> yeah. I, I need to hear that. I need some some validation reminders for yeah. me. <laughs> All right. Have a good one. Thanks. Bye. 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 Bye.